Welcome to the Caregiven Podcast. I'm Inga. And I'm Julie. And long story short, we have Caregiven. We are two mom entrepreneurs who have built an in-home care business from the ground up, guided every step of the way by God's care and fueled by agape love. Almost 14 years later, we felt called to create this podcast as a resource for families with caregiving needs. Whether you care for a family member or are looking for advice on professional caregiving, we want this to be a platform to support you. Each week, we will come to you with encouraging stories of families who have found the right balance for their loved ones, tips for how to care for them and you, and much more. We hope you continue to join us each week as we share in this exciting new journey together. Hello, sunshine, and hello, Julie. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. It's always a good way to get you organized. You yeah, just yeah, blurt yeah, it yeah. out there. You start talking, and I have to pull it all together. Yes, I know. It's a little bit um, panicky. Every time. Yeah, but anywho, it's it's who we are, right? <laughs> and they keep coming back. I think I was thinking as I was coming down the stairs today, I'm like, I'm glad, I'm thankful that people come for the content, not for what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho. Uh, funny. Uh, so, you were doing good today. Yeah. What's new? Yeah, just just keeping up day to day. Just I don't. I don't well, you know. just did something really fun. I did. Tell I me did. about I went it. To the NFR. I that is so cool. So cool. And you that got was, to actually be there on the day, yeah. the final day where yeah. championships were won. It's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've been cool. to a lot of rodeos, but that is the rodeo. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, we were watching along on TV and. Man, you can be so excited for one person and so devastated for another person and how things go. Yeah. But cool. Well, I'm glad that you had a good trip and I'm glad that you made it home safely. Well, yeah, but you did something fun too. I know. Yeah, we went to Tennessee. Yeah. And we got to see Kevin's parents and we got to see our Sammy girl and we got to meet family that we haven't ever met before. Well, Kevin had met, but wow. Bailey and I hadn't met. And it was a great time. It was it was wonderful. Mm. Um, so relaxing and just getting to see Kevin's parents and getting to see our Sammy and John. And actually... We got to go and uh, have dinner with John's dad and family. Oh. And so, I mean, it was just this jam-packed trip, but it didn't feel rushed. It just felt right. Nice. Yeah. That's the best. All of our everything. Oh, this was the topper. Um, so on the way, well, kind of on the way home, our, we landed in Atlanta and our flight got delayed because there was a mechanical issue, which, you know, we'll take the delay to make sure that the plane is working. Yeah. Well, Bailey had never seen the first Top Gun. I know it's bad to admit that, but we got, she got to see Top Gun. We all were, we had the screens on the back of our seats. And so all at the same time, we pushed start. We watched Top Gun together, the first one, uh-huh. and then the plane took off and we watched the second one and got both of them done Oh wow! in that time frame. Wow. Yeah, that was great. Huh. Yes. It just seemed like a weird victory, but was awesome. You still got to f- watch them together apart. Got to watch them together apart and got to just get get her done. Right on. Yeah. But anyway, back to Tennessee. It was awesome. And then we stopped by Nebraska to look at some sheep. I'm sure no one would be surprised to know that. Dang. But um, so that was cool. So thank you for holding down the fort so we could go do all those and things. And then thanks for holding down the fort for me. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Oh. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to start us off with our verse of the week. And this is Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 11, verses 9 and 10. Mm-hmm. It says, young man, be filled with joy while you are young and let your heart be happy while you are a young man. Follow the ways of your heart and the desires of your eyes, but know that God will judge you for all these things. So put away your trouble from your heart and put away pain from your body because the years when you were a child and, and the best years of your life are going by fast. 
is yeah. not the truth. Great. No, yeah. And I looked up, you know, what does Ecclesiastics, what do these two verses mean? Yeah. And basically it just says, we're going to be judged because um, when God says, how did you enjoy this life I gave you? Right. Because everything he has given us is so abundant oh, yeah. that we have to, he wants us to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And um, he does understand that as we get older, it might not always be as easy. So, you know, you're supposed to supposed to enjoy the beauty yeah. and all of that that he has given us. It's true. We have one life to live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what a blessing is that. So right. enjoy it while you have it. You bet. For sure. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to let you actually start us off with our good news story because mine, we have a little technical component too. Okay. So um, I'm going to panic about that while you talk about your good news story. Very good. Perfect. I have the cutest in the world good news story today. LA County grants little girl permission to own a unicorn. I saw that one. I almost did it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah, If she can find one. (laughs) So a little girl in Los Angeles got her wish when she asked animal control authorities for a license to own a unicorn. This brought me so much joy. We thought they'd share it with everybody is basically they got this cute little note from this little gal. Dear LA County, I would like your approval. If I can have a unicorn in my backyard, if I can find one, please send me a letter in response. And so, uh, they actually did respond to her. They gave her a, a license for a unicorn. And it is thank you very much for your letter requesting permission to have a unicorn in your backyard. I am pleased to tell you that the Los Angeles County Department of Animal Care and Control does license unicorns under the following conditions. Uh, the unicorn must be cared for in compliance with all animal caretaking regulations. The unicorn is given regular access to sunlight, moonbeams, and rainbows. The unicorn is fed one of its favorite treats, watermelon, at least once a week. The unicorn's horn must be maintained to be in good health. (laughs) This requires polishing at least once a month with a soft cloth. (laughs) Any sparkles or glitter used on the unicorn must be non-toxic and biodegradable to ensure the unicorn's good health. (laughs) So anyway, besides giving them that letter, they gave her a license to have a unicorn. And they did say, though, in the meantime, because we do find that uh, it is very rare indeed to try to find a unicorn, they provided her with a little stuffed animal unicorn. So they just went way, way out of their their normal of just (laughs) taking care of this sweet little girl. Can I just tell you that... um, I, now that was animal control that gave that, granted Uh that license, right? Uh Okay. Well, since we've been doing franchise things, Uh um, I have had to learn in different areas of the state at this point about different, different licensing requirements. And I can tell you, nobody was that kind to me. (laughs) (laughs) Granted, I didn't ask for a unicorn in the backyard. Well, usually it it obviously went to the right desk of the right person. That was like, oh my word, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. And we have to do something about it because somebody else might've said, Oh, huh, cute. Yeah, cute. That's and moved yeah. on. But they just made it a big deal. They put it on their Facebook, the whole thing. You know, I just think about that. And because of what that person did, can you imagine how much joy probably went even through that office in talking yeah. about this? Yep. And oh, then, let's get her a, a unicorn. Yeah. Here's a license and here's the rules. I bet yeah. I bet they had a ball with it. Yeah. I love that so much. That was a good one. Yep. I love it. Yep. Okay. Well, I am going to read to you about um this thing that's called pep talks. Okay. And it basically school children give a sweet pep talks on a new hotline that you can call now. And it is pure joy. All right. 
The Pep Talk Hotline offers words of encouragement from school children to callers and has proved massively popular. Mm-hmm. Um, dialing the number will connect callers to a hotline that is called Pep Talk, which features pre-recorded messages from a group of California school children who are offering advice and encouragement to anyone in need. So if you're feeling mad, frustrated, or nervous, press 1. A Pep Talk message greets those who dial the hotline. If you need words of encouragement and life advice, press 2. It continues. If you need a Pep Talk from kindergartners, press 3. Yeah. And if you need to hear kids laughing, with delight, press four. Um, those who would like some life advice, um, they can press five. And some of the children's messages include things. I'm actually not going to read them because that's part of the technical. We're going to play them for you. I'm uh, so no. excited. So um, Jessica Martin and Ashra Weiss were teachers from Westside Elementary School, and they are the ones behind the program. It says, we wanted to do a project that was going to be simple enough to do and call on kids to think about what they wanted to say to the world to uplift other people. Um, As we all know, we've been going through a lot these past few years, so we wanted to do something really simple but profound. Martin told the New York Times that the messages can help many people, including those who are having a difficult time coping with the world events of the last two years. Um, She said, I think we're in a grieving world right now. Mm. So basically, but to hear the pure joy from the kids is extremely comforting. Uh, The teachers hope that their students will realize something they may carry for the rest of their lives, that they can change someone's day for the better with a few short words. I hope that the kids take this experience with them forever, Martin told the Times. And, you know, acknowledge that it's really actually pretty easy to make a difference in the world and to bring joy to others. It just takes one word of encouragement. Oh, So now we're going to go to the part where I put on my headphones and we're going to actually dial it up so you guys can hear what this sounds like. Okay. Hi. Welcome to Pep Talk, a public art project by Westside School. Please listen to the following options for encouraging messages. If you're feeling mad, frustrated, or nervous, press 1. If you need words of encouragement and life advice, press 2. If you need a pep talk from kindergartners, press 3. If you need to hear kids laughing with delight, press 4. To hear how awesome you look, press 6. For bonus pep talks, press 7. To donate, press 0. Okay, For so encouragement here we, here we go. Spanish, press five. You look better than a star in the sky. Lady, you're doing great. <laughs> Rainbows are jealous of you. Bro, you're looking great. If you're feeling mad, frustrated, or nervous, press one. Be grateful for yourself. Dude, live it up. Dude. <laughs> Be you. I trust that you can make things right. Be happy. Try it again. Believe in yourself. If you're feeling up high, up high and unbalanced, think of Groundhog. It's okay to be different. Always stay together. Don't give up power through. We already like you. Never back down, never give up. The world is a better place with you in it. Everyone is capable of doing anything. You just have to let yourself shine. So there you go. Cute. Those are pep talks. That's and adorable. I'm going to tell you right now what the phone number is. So if anybody needs um, needs a pep talk, <laughs> you will dial 707-8-PEP-TALK, or it is 707-873-7862. Cute. Yeah. That was adorable. I've I, not heard of anything like that. I loved it. I stumbled across that, and I'm like, oh, this seems like something that we, we need to, to share, share with the world. <laughs> Yeah. So listeners, if you have a verse that you would like to share with us, if you have an uplifting story, um, anything like that, please email those to the caregiven podcast at gmail.com. And we will, we love to pass on that, that, uh, good information. So today, Julie, we are going to be talking about Parkinson's and 
you found a lot of really great research on this. A lot of it came from actually the Parkinson's Foundation website. Yeah. yeah. We wanted to talk about symptoms, causes, treatment, um, signs to watch for. And then once a person receives a diagnosis of Parkinson's, what that Parkinson's care team looks like. Right. So we're going to dive into that. But first, you actually were going to tell our listeners um, who was Parkinson's disease named after. Right. Yeah, well, you know, if there's going to be a disease, somebody figures out what it is, they usually get to get named after it. <laughs> this is very, very true. And, so, and you know what? And that's not necessarily, well, hopefully they didn't have it, but. Right, right. So uh, Parkinson's disease was named after an English doctor, James Parkinson. Parkinson. Mm -hmm. In 1817, he described a chronic, slowly progressive disease of the nervous system characterized by a combination of tremor, rigidity, and stoop posture. Today, it is known that this condition, Parkinson's disease, is characterized by loss of a substance of dopamine in mm -hmm. the head, mm -hmm. in the brain. Yep. And so anyway, he was born in 1755 and died in 1824. He was a surgeon and a paleontologist. Wow. Um, and aside from describing Parkinson's disease, in 1812, he wrote the first article ever published on appendicitis and was the first person to recognize perforation of the appendix was a cause of death. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it sounds like this guy was, um, didn't actually suffer from these things, nope. but so that's good. Yeah. And wow, he's pretty accomplished. But he was very, very attuned to things. To Yeah. And th that's a lot. That's a wide range <laughs> right there. So Parkinson's, thing. appendicitis, yeah. paleontology. <laughs> wow. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So there it is. So basically when we talk about Parkinson's disease, um, it's a neurodegenerative disorder that affects predominantly, as you said, the dopamine producing neurons in a specific area of the brain. And there is a lot to know about Parkinson's, but we're going to talk to you about the symptoms. And as I said earlier, treatments, um, signs, how to get tested, what to do after you receive that diagnosis. Right. The reason I thought about this topic is because I was thinking about all of the different disease processes mm -hmm. that we have helped with yep. in the home mm -hmm. throughout the years. And we have dealt with several people that have had Parkinson's. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, one of the things that we do, and we've mentioned it before, though, is that people that um, we then assign these cases to have to know what Parkinson's is about. Yes. So good. we do a bunch of research and all that. But I was like, well, we haven't talked about that on a podcast yet. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that you, until you really stop and look into it, you don't know. But um, one of the things that you notice about these people is, is that shaking. Mm -hmm. The tremors. Yeah, the tremors. And it's usually just in the hand, but it's, and then they kind of sit like this, and then pretty soon it starts again. Um, I was just at church a month ago, and there was a gentleman sitting in front of me, and as he was singing, I could see this, and I started watching it. Right. Anyway, as I was talking to him after church, because I went and visited with him, um, and I, he asked me for his, my email, because he was going to email me some information, um, and he said, oh, excuse me, I have Parkinson's. Oh, yeah. And it was really interesting. But I had been watching that, and I was like, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? Yeah. But a lot of people then have progressed past that where they're doing the shuffle, mm -hmm. and the concern always when we're in home with mm -hmm. people is the fall risk. Right. They're like, don't let them fall, don't let them fall. Ugh. That's really, really tough. Well, and 
as I was reading through some of this material, um, I'm learning that those are your movement symptoms, but there are so many things that happen that are non-movement symptoms or Mm non-motor, and they happen earlier on in the process um, that you don't necessarily see. So you're talking about the the tremors and that that movement, and also there's that like limb rigidity, Mm -hmm. and then that that postural instability, that fall risk stuff. But on the um, on the non-motor, the, the things that affect them, we're talking like depression, anxiety, apathy, hallucinations, constipation, which is terrible. I don't recommend it. Um, hypotension and sleep disorders, loss of smell. I mean, there are any number of cognitive impairments. Yeah. And as I'm reading through some of these things, I'm seeing that a lot of that happens earlier on before these physical or movement symptoms even start to present themselves. Yeah, yeah, and just, I will take a sidebar here, Mm -hmm. just because you brought it up. The thing about smell is really a big deal. Yeah. As I was researching all of this, one of the websites I got onto was Michael J. Fox. Yes. Well-known actor, very young, he was only 29 when he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. And he had just amazing movies and TVs and cutest guy. I, I had a crush on him in my whole life. And <laughs> or wasn't he on Family Ties? Family Ties. Yeah. And then he was Back to the Future and just, oh, yeah. just a comedian, just the best guy. Anyway, um, so anyway, he had, didn't isn't doing the acting anymore. He spent all of his time now on research. Mm-hmm. And he has um, a website, the okay. Michael J. Fox website. But it's all about smell. And you brought up smell, and mm-hmm. I never knew that. Yeah. And it said that the loss of smell, sense of smell may be one of the most important signals of Parkinson's risk. Wow. Now, once again, this is a troubling time for that. Yes. <laughs> yes. This always like WebMD, right? Yes. You're like, oh my goodness, I have this. I have this. Oh my goodness. Right. And we are not doctors. We're just giving you things right. to consider. Sure. Um, but basically anybody over 60 years old, they absolutely say that you need to get on mysmelltest.org. And go on there, and there's a huge thing about smell and your brain. And they're saying if you don't have smell, 100% of major brain disorders are associated with the smell loss. Really? Yeah. I would not have known that. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, 96% of newly diagnosed people with Parkinson's have lost some ability to a smell. Once again, the reason we're all kind of funky about that now is because of COVID. Sure, yeah. And that was one of the major indicators yeah. there. Um, seven in 10 people living with smell loss don't know it until they're tested. How do you not know? I know. I yeah. get that my family's like, you are the super sniffer all the time. Oh, I always all worry the about time. you, I, too. <laughs> I'm like... What happened in here? Who? Something doesn't smell right, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I took out the garbage. So when I when I can't smell, y'all know there's a big problem. Right, right. So but wow, anyway. seven in ten are living with smell loss and didn't even know it yeah. or don't won't know it until yeah. they get tested. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty. That's a so ginormous number. A simple scratch and st- scratch and sniff test can help you proactively monitor your brain health. The Michael J. Fox Foundation is asking anyone 60 and up without Parkinson's disease to take a free smell test. Wow. Weird. Interesting. So is there a a specific scratch and sniff test that they have? I don't even know if they mail it to you or not. I I don't know, but because it's not like you can scratch the computer screen and take a Well, I think I've mentioned it before, but when I had COVID and lost my smell, I 
was, it was very troubling. It was very psychological. <laughs> and so I was practicing smelling like every day. I'm like, okay, what's the strongest thing I could get coffee or um, candles? Yes. Get candles and like really strongly scented soaps. And so, yeah, I, and then I when did. you were desperate for something, you'd come looking for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> just kidding oh that's too funny oh my gosh yeah. anyway so that was just my sides to bar yeah. on michael uh j um my michael j fox, fox. alex p keaton yes was that his name <laughs> or what's his name on uh back to the future oh. marty yeah is it was he marty or was i don't know oh no see that's another one i've got to go i don't think bailey's seen that one either yeah, so you've got to go, go and have watch one back of those. to the future yeah i don't remember and yeah right. but anyway well that's interesting um that something so simple, a scratch and sniff test can be an indicator bizarre? to look further yeah. into it if yeah. you're having some so, problems. Huh. So back to then the cause, and basically that's largely unknown. Yeah. But they do talk about how there are uh, situations where it may be a genetic thing or it may be actually environmental. Right. I do know of some, um, there was twins. Mm -hmm. And um, when the the one twin was very healthy, very fine. The other got very sick and got Parkinson's. Um, and the only th and they both lived on the farm. Yep. But one took care of the cows. The other did all of the farming. Okay. And so they wondered if all of the chemicals with the weeds and the mm -hmm. um, all of that if that was the was, contributor was yeah. the contributing factor. Even though they were twins, yeah. And they both worked on the farm. They had distinct differences on what they did there. So when they study you and me, are we twins? <laughs> We're not twins, but we work in this office and we have very distinct jobs. Yes. <laughs> They're going to. And you've know. gone crazy sooner than me. Yes. I mean, Kevin did tell me to leave the crazy at home today. I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> uh, what will they find when they study factors. these brains? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord almighty. Yeah. So treatment, um, unfortunately, there is not a cure no. for Parkinson's. There are treatment options. Yes. Um, they vary. There's a lot of medications. There are lifestyle adjustments. And there are some surgery options. Um, they do say that Parkinson's is not a fatal disease. It's typically the, like, the disease complications mm -hmm. that cause things or other diseases that go along with it. Right. Um, the first step to living well with Parkinson's is to understand it, understand the disease and honestly the progression of it. Oh boy. <clears throat> yeah. Cause it affects everybody differently mm -hmm. and symptoms can change throughout the course of the disease. You know, one of the things that I say at every single home visit I do and mm -hmm. people need to hear it and they don't think about it until you just look at them and say it. The only constant at this point is change. Yep. And they're just like, you're right. Cause there's, we're taught Watch for patterns, watch for patterns, watch for patterns. Just yep. get into a pattern and then something else changes. Yep. And this is one of those diseases mm -hmm. that just constantly you're going to have new things. Yep. It's hard. It is hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically you want to you work with your doctor on things and you want to follow your recommended therapies and um, you want to treat your, you treat your symptoms. Basically it's with those dopamine medications that help with that because it's that loss of dopamine mm. that causes this. Huh. Um, yeah. Go ahead. They did say that only half of the people with Parkinson's will get the tremors. Isn't that interesting? That's bizarre because I would have thought that that would have been like a key indicator. Right. And it's not. Mm -mm. Well, I guess it's like with everything, disease affects or impacts us all differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, um, talk to me about research. You have an article that... 
you or not an article. Um, it was a news segment, a news yeah. piece. Yeah. It was so funny. The day that I was pulling together all of the information for this, um, which, by the way, we got the majority of everything today from the Parkinson's organization mm-hmm. website. Yep. Yep. So that's where you want to go to follow up on all of this. And there's so many more things yep. to discuss. We just are doing the very basics. But as I was um, getting ready f- um, on the Today Show, they talked about a, a revolutionary new thing coming out for mm-hmm. Parkinson's. I was like, what is that? <laughs> and we're going to actually uh, put it with the show notes. Yes. But what it is, is they just put like these fingers. Yep, like a glove. A glove on these gentlemen that had Parkinson's, and it stimulated It's like a vibration, him, right? Vibrated him, and it would keep him going that he actually was able to walk after the first four hours he was like back to normal he's running marathons now and the way that the person that was doing this they're finding that vibrations kind of almost bring out those tremors and the reason they even noticed that was because a hundred years ago when people with parkinson's were going to these different clinics far away (laughs) they were riding the train and And after they got off the train they were actually even a little bit better (laughs) And so I'm here for my appointment. It seems yeah, that I'm cured. Wait a minute, no. I feel better, right? <laughs> you know, but this gentleman that they uh, showed on that Today clip, um, he's running triathlons. He's able to eat with his family again. He was only 39 when he was diagnosed, and um, he put those on during the show just for good measure to mm-hmm. show it. Yeah, but it showed him when he had very, very hard rigidity, mm-hmm. and it, he was standing at the door. The place he wanted to walk was probably five feet away, and you could just see that he was thinking, how fast do I have to move mm-hmm. that if I fall, that will catch me? And so he stood there, and it was like, ready, set, go. I mean, and you then could shuffle, just shuffle, 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 fast, and then he got yep. there. But then he put these finger thingies on, and they say you can't wear those all the time. Sure. Because then it will actually overstimuli you. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, then you got to back up. Sure. And um, not... Not wear them all the time, but just something about that vibration. Yeah. And so this is a really big deal, and they're, um, it's all being tested now. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine that they're just, after that article coming out, that there's just not inundated with people that want those gloves. To, tr- to try it, for sure. I would. I would say, listeners, like Julie said, it's going to be in the show notes. If you have a few minutes to watch it, it's just incredible. Yeah, it's four it, minutes it's long so is all, but it's shocking. It's so encouraging. Yeah. I mean, the difference, like you're saying, from when he w- was trying to get from the door of his of the doctor's office yeah. just to where he could sit down to running marathons. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. Crazy. And he was on 25 medications. Yep. And now he's down to two. Yeah. And that's, that is huge. 25 medications. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm hoping that with that advanced research mm-hmm. and there will be some, yeah. some help ahead. Yeah, for sure. So we kind of talked about before the primary movement symptoms. You know, mm-hmm. there's not a single test or a scan for Parkinson's, but the the telltale symptoms, of, as we have talked about, would be that the slowness of movement, movement the tremors, and then rigidity. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, either a tremor or rigidity must be present for um, a Parkinson's disease diagnosis to be considered. Um, another one that we had talked about is that, and it's a movement symptom is that postural instability and trouble with the balance and having a lot of falls. And that's, it's often mentioned as a primary symptom, but it does not occur until later in the disease progression. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Oftentimes problems with walking, balance, and turning around early in the disease are likely a sign of an atypical Parkinsonism. Gotcha. Um, so, so basically, each person's path with Parkinson's is going to be unique, um, but active engagement and exercise and wellness is central to maintaining balance and movement for anyone who lives with Parkinson's. You know, as long as you can, we say it all the time, you got to use it or you're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, you know, it's just going to, it's a disease that's going to continue to progress. So, right. And, and understanding that, I mean, slowness, stiffness, shakiness, this is going to impact your daily life. There is no way around it. So you want to find exercises and you want to find things that you can do to help try to at least slow down that progression. They said that there's no two same situations. Well, and that's true. I mean, even you talk about, you talk about the twin situation. There are several people with Parkinson's that we have helped over the years and not one of them is the same as the no, next. same story. Yeah. That is just crazy. There's uh, 1 million people in the U.S. and 10 million worldwide. That, that suffer from Parkinson's? Suffer from it. Wow. And, it and it just all comes back to the dopamine and mm-hmm. neurons yeah. in the brain. So um, genetics cause about 10 to 50% of all Parkinson's. Um, and so then they, once again, we go back to those environmental factors that mm-hmm. we talked about. When we talk about environmental exposures, um, basically... What does it say? That environmental risk factors could include things like head injury, mm-hmm. maybe even your area of residence, exposure to pesticides, and other things like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Could increase your risk, I guess. So let's talk about the 10 signs. Okay. That if you, um, yeah, there are just 10 signs that if you have these things going on, there's a possibility that you need to look further into it because you might be impacted with Parkinson's. So tremor, of course, we've said it a million times. Yep, that's um, the number one. And that starts in your finger, thumb, hand, or chin. Oh, good Lord. I've got a lot of chin to tremor. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have. Um, a tremor yeah. while at rest is a, a common early sign of Parkinson's disease. Hmm. Uh, what is normal? Shaking can be normal after lots of exercise, if you're stressed, or if you've been injured. Um, shaking can also be caused by the medicine you take. Mm-hmm. So it's that's good, true. You know, you got to kind of watch what are the things that make this happen mm-hmm. if you can. Interestingly enough, small handwriting is actually a Isn't sign. Yeah, if if basically you see you or someone you know that basically your handwriting just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller than it was in the past. You may notice that the way that you write words on the page has changed, such as the letter sizes, that they're smaller, the words are more crowded together. Um, a change in, in handwriting could be an indicator of Parkinson, Parkinson's. But again, what is normal? Sometimes writing can change as you get older. If you have stiff hands or fingers or poor vision, those things would be other contributors, but yeah. just something to be aware of. Yes. Yep. That loss of smell again. Yep. They're like, uh, have you been trouble smelling foods like bananas, dill pickles, or licorice? Ooh, I didn't. I didn't practice with pickles. Huh. <laughs> Good to know for next time. So, um, <laughs> and then what is normal? Your loss of smell can be the flu, COVID, stuffy nose, but it should come back. Right. Yep. Trouble sleeping. Um, you know, if you're thrashing around in bed or you're acting out dreams and you're Basically, when you're deeply asleep, sometimes your spouse might even notice. They may want you to move to another. If you get kicked out of bed, it might be an indication that you have something going on with Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sudden movements during sleep could be a sign. 
what is normal. It's normal for everyone to have a night when they toss and turn instead of sleeping, but similarly quick jerks of the body when initiating sleep or when in lighter sleep are common and often normal. Um, I am a hurricane when I go to bed. I thrash <laughs> around like nobody's business, but once I fall asleep, I'm good to go. Oh, there you go. Because Just I don't know what's going on. Comfortable or <laughs> Yeah. But if you are having a lot of that thrashing around in bed or um, that, that could be a problem. Yeah. Uh, trouble moving or walking. Do you feel stiff in your body, arms or legs? Have you noticed that your arms don't swing like they used to when you walk? Um, sometimes stiffness goes away as you move. If it does not, it can be a sign. An early sign can be stiffness or pain in your shoulder or hips. People sometimes say their feet seem stuck to the floor. Mm, but yeah. normal <laughs> is when you've injured your arm or your shoulder um, and you may not use it as well as when it was healed mm. or other illness like arthritis might cause yeah. the same symptom. Yeah. So you know how in life, how there's like give and take with things. And, mm -hmm. and in this podcast, we generally just kind of go back and forth and you contribute a little and I contribute a little and we follow along with, with the articles and the research. Mm -hmm. Well, today your give and my take is constipation. Oh, <laughs> that is the, that is the symptom that I get to talk about at this point in time. <laughs> so, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, okay. If you're having trouble moving your bowels without straining, <laughs> then this could be a problem. Oh if boy. you're straining to move your bowels, um, that could be an early sign of Parkinson's and you should talk to your doctor. Mm -hmm. What's normal? If you do not have enough water or fiber in your diet, it can cause problems in the bathroom. Also some medicines, especially those used for pain, will at times cause constipation. Mm -hmm. um, but if there's or if there's no other reason such as diet or medicine that would cause you to have trouble moving your bowels, you should probably speak to your doctor. And I don't think someone has to be constipated for a, a long period of time before they're ready to take action oh, and boy. try to, you know, make a change. Yes. That's one of those that's... The world re just revolves around poo. Yeah. You know, so there's this little TikTok, and it, those who are sensitive to this poop conversation i'm very very sorry just like <laughs> trigger warning just pause for a minute or skip through um but there's this little tiktok and it's a little kid and i can't i'm not i'm gonna butcher it but basically it's like my legos won't work and my pants are too tight and i'm bloated and i think i need to take a crap <laughs> and i'm like same man <laughs> said that to me <laughs> I did oh that's so funny yeah isn't that funny yeah I'm like, oh I told my daughter Bailey the other day I said I'm sorry for what I said to you when my pants were too tight <laughs> oh anyway. yeah all right well anyway back okay, to you okay <laughs> so now I get the one with a softer low voice which yes. is not me at all <laughs> Ooh, if you ever become soft and low in your voice then we're gonna we will be concerned we'll I don't, immediately get tested i don't for you. have an indoor voice and i've had to say that quite often well it's so funny the other day when we had our we were having our thanks wasn't our thanksgiving gathering? something was happening in here we had a lot of people but you also because we never stopped working yeah. had a caregiver coming in and so we're at one table and you're just like 10 feet away in the same room and i'm like hey julie why are you yelling at that caregiver <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Thank you for reminding yeah, me. Yeah, so note to listeners. It was hilarious. I had to make sure she uh, was listening to me and not all the fun that was at the other table. <laughs> I know, table. I know. It was, it was very important. Yes. <laughs> okay, so note to listeners and to self, if Julie's voice gets low. Then we got a problem. And soft. Yep, yeah, we better have it. My we sisters look into always it. say, why are you yelling? I just don't have an Am I yelling? I, don't, I didn't know I was yelling. Yes. So have other people told you their voice is very soft or that you sound breathy and or hoarse? I'm a little hoarse today, but mm -hmm. it's not because of that. 
if there has been a change in your voice, you may see your doctor about it. Um, sometimes when you, you might think people are losing their hearing, <laughs> but it's actually you because you're being so you're like, quiet. What is wrong with all of us? <laughs> Nobody can hear me anymore. <laughs> oh. So uh, the normal is a chest cold or other virus that may cause mm-hmm. your voice to sound different. Yeah. Um, it, but you would, you'll get back to your normal Trip to the self. NFR sometimes will I, cause I, it. No. <laughs> Yeah, this is just the recovery of being chocolate wasted. (laughs) I don't know. There's just some nasty stuff going on because before we went to Tennessee, Kevin was sick. And then finally, I don't even know that he completely got over it. Now he's getting sick again. Mm. Where is all of, what is even happening? Well, I wondered if mine, when you fly, where I always put the air on me because I'm just like, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I don't know how planes stop when you come down on the runway and they're... uh, do they have to change the brake pads every <laughs> single trip? I don't understand it. And so I put an air on me because I'm like, we're okay. We're okay. We're okay. But then I'm like, okay, that's plugging up my ears. I'm going to get a cold. I know. learned actually because there was a little kid on our flight, one of the flights, <laughs> having some tr- trouble with the ears. And so the flight attendant basically said, plug your, nu- plug your nose uh-huh. and like push really hard, blow your cheeks up with air when you're on the plane oh. and it will pop them. I was like, I'm like listening like, oh, I'm going to try that. And huh. it was great. Yeah, I heard you awesome. and all that too. Yeah, I don't know. I've done all of the other things. That was the first time I learned about that one. And it just worked wonders. Huh. But I do agree with you. I So I used to, like, taking off on the flight is my very, very favorite. I love it. It's, mm-hmm. it's exhilarating, man. You're just, you're flying, Yay, right? Our way. But the landing is, the older I get, the more times I do it, the more freaked out I get. Because <laughs> it's like, like you say, how the heck do they stop this thing? And then it's, and then when it starts to get a little bit squirrely yeah, when yeah, you yeah. land, and oh man. And I think, I mean, my experience has been, for obvious reasons, the bigger the plane, mm-hmm. the scarier it is to get it shut down. Then in the winter, I don't understand it. Like, I hope that I, the whole time, every flight, I'm like, man, I hope that it's not icy yeah. when we land. Yeah. Like, we're just going to skid right off the. Yeah. Anywho. Because this does so, come to an end at some point. Yeah. So I, I hear you. Yeah. I empathize with you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So (laughs) another symptom is a masked face. That does not mean a mask. It means, have you been told that you have a serious, depressed, or mad look on your face frequently? Yes. Um, Even when you're not mad, in a bad mood. So sometimes my husband will say, what's wrong with you? And I'll say, nothing's wrong. And he'll say, tell that to your face. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is often called facial masking. So if if you are told about these things or people are noticing that you have these traits going on, you might want to, you know, look at it. It might be RBF. It might be Parkinson's. We're non-medical. RBF. So... You know what? Uh, do you have to tell people what RBF is? Resting bitch face. Okay. Okay. All right. So what is normal? Some medicines can cause you to have the same type of serious look um, or staring look. Mm. But basically, you would that would stop after you stop taking the medication. Gotcha. I don't know. I've not heard of that. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the people that the Parkinson's Foundation have. But... So medicines yeah. that just kind of make you either look bitchy or stare off into space? Well, I know prednisone made me bitchy. <laughs> and hungry. <laughs> no, for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't yeah. enough Doritos in the world. I know. I know. Bad. All right, well, back to you. Okay, dizziness or fainting. Mm-hmm. Um, do you notice that you often feel dizzy when you stand up out of a chair? Feeling dizzy or fainting can be a sign of a low blood pressure and is linked to Parkinson's. Once again, these things do freak me out because yes. there are so many things that all sound the same. Yes. 
And and don't WebMD yourself sick. Yes, for sure. And basically, like, there are a lot of things that can cause a lot of these symptoms. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, you're just, that's just the way that you look, right? Yes. <laughs> um, but, but base, if you're, if you're, if you're having multiples of these types of yes. symptoms or, or it's a, a change for you, yes. maybe you haven't always had a resting bitch face yes. and now all of a sudden you do. Yeah. Um, but don't, don't just listen to us and then all of a sudden think that you and everyone around you has Parkinson's. Yes. No these are gosh, just no. symptoms to be paying attention to. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, stooping or hunching over. Mm-hmm. So basically, are you not standing up as straight as you used to? If you were, or a family member or friends notice that you seem to be stooping, leaning, or slouching when you stand, it could be a sign of Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Um, what is normal? Well, if you have pain from an injury, if you're sick, it might cause you to stand crookedly. Um, also, a problem with your bones, which is a different problem, could yeah. make you be hunched over. Yeah. Um, Parkinson's disease is a clinical diagnosis. This means that an individual's history, symptoms, and physical exam are used to make the diagnosis, right? So there's not a specific lab or an imaging test that can diagnose it, that can diagnose Parkinson's. So it's a combination of all of these things, right? Right. right. Okay. Yeah. So talk to me about making an accurate diagnosis of Parkinson's. Oh, <laughs> so in the early stages, it's actually, it's really pretty difficult yeah. because once again we just went through 10 things that yeah. can throw be a thousand different yeah. things yeah so um often in uh, an internist or family physician is the first to make a diagnosis many people may seek an additional opinion from a movement disorder specialist mm-hmm. and I think that's where the they notice more so their when they call it kinesiology, mm-hmm. the movement and all mm-hmm. of that. Uh, movement disorder is a neurologist with experience and specific training in the assessment and treatment of PD, which is Parkinson's disease mm-hmm. and related disorders. Um, and so basically to uh, consider a diagnosis of Parkinson's, they must have the Bradia condition. Kinesia. Kinesia, slowness <laughs> of motion is what I should have just said. In addition to that, a person must all have must have shaking or tremor in a limb that occurs while at rest, stiffness or rigidity of the arms, legs, or trunk, and trouble with balance and falls. So quick question. Um, didn't we earlier say from the same article that it's not always the tremors? Yeah. So, oh, I guess it does it's say got, one or more, one or one more. Or more. So, it, yeah. okay. Not yeah. everybody has the shaking or that. Yeah. Yeah. But they would have to have one, at yeah. least one of those things. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So basically, um, if you are concerned or you think you have something going on or someone that you love and care for taking care of, um, the first and most important diagnostic tool for a Parkinson's is to get that medical history and physical examination, mm-hmm. and it needs to be conducted by a neurologist. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to make their diagnosis based on, as you said earlier, just that history of symptoms, the existing medical conditions, current and past medications, family history, lifestyle factors, Um, Certain medical conditions as well as some medications can cause symptoms similar to Parkinson's. So a a detailed neurological examination during which the neurologist will ask you to perform tasks to assess the agility of arms and legs, muscle tone, gait, and balance, and to see if um, your expression and speech are animated, if a tremor can be observed in your extremities at rest or in action, if there is stiffness in your extremities or neck, if there are changes in your walking, your step size, and your ability to turn, and if you can maintain your balance, um, and then they'll also examine your posture. So, yeah. There you go. So, basically... Oh, I wanted to tell you, there's something that's actually called... um, 
there's a universal scale that they use oh, with okay. this. So this universal scale is, is used by neurologists and movement disorder specialists to comprehensively assess and document the exam of a person with Parkinson's disease. And essentially that scale can be used as a baseline to judge the effectiveness of medication and to track progression of the disease. Oh, good. So it's, it's a universal scale. Yes. Everybody goes through it. You get your baseline and then that's used to track, I guess, progress or decline oh wow they yeah. need to do that with everything mm -hmm. everything universal yeah, yeah that would it so. would be it would be nice if they could right right yep yeah yeah so there's there are some kind of scans and all that that you can do but basically living with parkinson's is challenging mm -hmm. it's it's not easy um, but there's many things you can do to maintain and improve your quality of life um, you know, finding the balance between a proactive approach and wondering what lies ahead may be overwhelming. Um, and living with a chronic and progressive disease is no small feat. Mm -hmm. uh, how you experience and react with life um, with Parkinson's is unique to you. Back to Michael J. S uh, Fox. Fox. Yep. Um, he actually has written several books on positivity mm -hmm. and uses his humor, which that's what he was when he, when he was an actor, he was a comedic actor. Yes. So he's put Very that into guy. his writing mm -hmm. and, and talked about how to find the positive in every life situation. Yeah. So it'd probably be good to read his stuff regardless of the diagnosis you have. Oh, absolutely. I think optimism plays a huge part in your outcome, right? Mm -hmm. And how neat is it that this guy who has a platform basically yeah. and people know who he is to be able to go out and keep such a positive attitude. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. So what you're going to want to do is then build that care team yeah. around you. Yeah. And who is that? That's everybody from your physician mm -hmm. to um, your physical therapist. Mm -hmm. They say that um, even the speech therapist, which mm -hmm. I never thought about that, you know, you could possibly have problems mm -hmm. with swallowing or um, talking. Yeah at all occupational therapist your social worker and nutritionist all of those you're going to have a heck of a team to support yeah. you yep yeah and then other specialists oh gosh your neurosurgeon and they do say that consider adding someone like a mental health professional yeah. in with all of this because of going back to those non-movement um, symptoms that you could may or may not um, suffer from but having a mental health person to help you through that is not a bad thing yeah. It's a big care team. Yeah. Emotional health mm -hmm. is what they keep going back to mm -hmm. is, okay, we've got to figure out how to keep you going when your body's not. Mm -hmm. But go fo wa watch that um, little the today clip, show clip. On, from the, the Today Show. It gives you a lot of encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There's, they're working on it every day. Every day we're getting well, closer. I, I am just blown away by medicine, uh -huh. modern medicine, and like um, the ingenuity and how people think of these things. And really, whoever figured that out for the vibration going back, like you said, 100 plus years ago, <laughs> yeah. that, that 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 helped. That's crazy. That's just, it is crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I had a brain that worked like that right? Um, to think of those things. But those. well, why don't you wrap us up with a grandma saying? So the quote 
today that we're going to be looking into is dress to the nines. Ooh. Yes. Grandma loved the phrase dress to the nines. I don't know what got into Lois, she'd say, but there she was, dressed to the nines at the church picnic, <laughs> causing all sorts of hubbubaloo. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Merriweather was also always dressed to the nines, even when she went to the grocery store. I ran into her once at the produce aisle, and she was wearing a hat and white gloves and everything. <laughs> Custom men's suits took nine yards of fabric to make and were much more expensive than a suit that might not have had matching pants or a vest. Dressing to the nines means looking like you purchased the best, the suit that took a full nine yards to make. Wow. So that's where dress to the nines comes in. Huh. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cool. If, if our listeners out there have grandma sayings that they'd like to share with us, please email those to thecaregivenpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. If you haven't yet subscribed, please do that. You can, anywhere you listen to your podcast, um, so Spotify, Google, Apple. We're Google. out there. Yep, we're out there. We're on YouTube. And please go and join our Apaga Karen Share Facebook group. I think that's it. So uh, peace out, Girl Scouts. Yep, yep. Have a good day.